Welcome, my name is Quanta Jeffries, and this is Living Theology. A couple weeks ago, at the parish uh, where I work, Christ the King in Indianapolis, we began uh, what we're calling Theology Hour, and as the uh, name would indicate, it involves theology, and it lasts for an hour. We begin with evening prayer in the uh, Eucharistic Chapel, followed by a uh, catechesis that is more theologically oriented, discussion, and then 10 to 15 minutes of silent prayer. Though the uh, discussion went so long and went so well that I had to cut it off so that we would at least get five minutes of silent prayer. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a great, uh, just great discussion. Um, went down all sorts of paths that I had no idea was going to go down and that's, that's the best kind. And, um, it was wonderful just also getting that, that time of prayer together because, uh, theology is dependent on prayer. Fundamentally theology is prayer. So when doing theology, uh, it's important that we always incorporate that act of prayer in our act of theology. And for the first talk, because we were before the Blessed Sacrament, I wanted to talk about the Incarnation. And, uh, and in the Catechism, it lists four reasons for the Incarnation. The first uh, being... Uh, to reconcile us with God. The second reason is to reveal the Father's love. The third is to be our model of holiness. And the fourth is to partake of the divine nature. And for that first theology hour, I decided to focus on that third reason be our model of holiness. So I'm just going to uh, pretty much read uh, what it is that I uh, might read my talk, my catechesis. And it was given on June 8th, which was Wednesday of the 10th week in ordinary time. And, uh, and so we prayed evening prayer for the Wednesday of the 10th week in ordinary time. And that is important because I do take from the uh, scripture reading uh, from evening prayer. So let's get started. And I'll change the wording a little bit um, since we're not actually in a chapel, but uh, well, you might be as you listen to this, but I am not, and you may not be. So uh, I'll change the wording a little here and there, but for the most part, this is uh, you know what was said in the chapel on June 8th. When we're able to sit before the Lord in the Eucharist, it's an extraordinary thing. We're in his presence, not in a general way. You know, for example, you know, God is all around us or Jesus is in each person that we meet, right? No, Jesus is before us in a very particular way, in a unique way in the Holy Eucharist. He is present before us physically, his body, 
his blood, his divinity, and his humanity. His compassionate and sacred heart aflame with divine love is burning before us in the Blessed Sacrament, burning with love for us. And we are able to simply be directly, physically in that presence. It is an extraordinary thing and it is incomprehensible. It truly is incomprehensible. It should make us be amazed. We should be in awe and dumbfounded with wonder over such a mystery. But the mystery of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist rests on the incarnation of the Word of God. Our Lord physically dwells among us in the Most Holy Eucharist because he first dwelt among us, taking a human body upon himself. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that there are four reasons why the Word became flesh. To save us by reconciling us with God, that we might know God's love, to be our model of holiness, and to make us partakers of the divine nature. The Holy Eucharist is a continuation of the Lord's incarnation in which he physically dwells with us in his divinity and in his humanity. Therefore, each of the four reasons for the incarnation also apply to the Eucharist. Taking the reading from evening prayer of Wednesday of the 10th week in ordinary time as a prompt, I'd like to speak about the Eucharist in relation to the third reason for the incarnation, which is to be a model of holiness for us. Bow humbly under God's mighty hand. The supreme act of bowing humbly under God's mighty hand is, of course, the submission of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to suffering crucifixion for us. He already committed an act of humility that is impossible for us to match when he condescended to take our flesh upon himself. But then he went even further. He who is sinless, the innocent one, the one who is pure and the fount of purity. He died with the weight of all our sin upon him. And he did this out of pure love for us who did not deserve it. But he didn't stop there. After completing the work of redemption, having risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, and having sent his Holy Spirit at Pentecost, he lowered himself yet more by staying with us in the Most Holy Eucharist. The Most Holy Eucharist is not only a continuation of the Incarnation, it is a continuation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, and a continuation of his resurrection from the dead. For it is not just the person of Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist, but also his saving work of the cross and resurrection. It is Jesus Christ crucified and risen who is before us in the Blessed Sacrament. 
bow humbly under God's mighty hand, so that in due time he may lift you up. Before us is not just Jesus Christ, who bowed humbly under God's mighty hand, but also Jesus Christ, who was lifted up in glory, Christ crucified, risen, and ascended into heaven, where he sits at the right hand of the Father. So before us is Christ in both his humiliation and his glorification. Before us in the blessed sacrament, God dwelling in each tabernacle, in each Catholic church, is Jesus Christ and presents himself to us as our model of holiness. So the Eucharist is our model of holiness. Not just Jesus Christ as a historical figure 2,000 years ago, but Jesus Christ right now, the model of a living person before us in the Blessed Sacrament. So the Eucharist is that model of holiness. In the presence of the Most Holy Eucharist, I have known the warmth of our Savior's love for me. May I strive to radiate the warmth of his love in the sacrament to those I meet. May they know the warmth of our Savior's love through me. In the presence of the Most Holy Eucharist, I have known the immense consolations of our lover. May I strive to enter into the pain and suffering of others to exercise true compassion that through me they too may know the immense consolations of the bridegroom. In the presence of the Most Holy Eucharist, I have known the look of the judge, the extension of his mercy, and the exhortation of our Lord. Through my horror of sin, may others recognize their sin. Through the gaze of my eyes, may they know the mercy given to them. And through my words and time given, may they be supported in turning back to the Lord. In all these ways and more, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ models holiness for us and prompts us to practice holiness. And again, he does this precisely in the Eucharist. But to practice holiness, one must first be holy. And this, our Lord models uh, this too. Not just in that he is holiness itself, but in that the humanity he took upon himself was made holy. Remember, our Lord is holiness itself only in regards to his divinity. Humanity, even before the fall, was not in and of itself holy. No, humanity is made holy by its being joined to the one who is holy. So the humanity of our Lord was made holy by its being joined to him who is God. And this was effected by the Holy Spirit. The Word became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
We can follow our Lord in the way of holiness because we have first been made holy in him by the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to us at Pentecost. We receive the Spirit in our own Pentecost, our baptism by which we receive the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, the Spirit of adoption. We are strengthened in the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of confirmation. We are continually nourished by the Spirit through the reception of the Most Holy Eucharist. As our Lord said in the Gospel according to John, the flesh is of no avail, it is the Spirit that gives life. To be holy, whether it is an object like a chalice or a person like ourselves, first and foremost means to be set apart for God. We were of the world. We were children of the world. In Christ by the Holy Spirit, again the spirit of adoption as St. Paul proclaims, we are no longer of the world. We are children of God. We are of God. We are of divinity. We are of the Holy One and therefore are holy. Nothing changes this. Even in the depths of hell, the baptized bear this mark. Once made a child of God, we are always a son, a daughter of God. This is an incredible encouragement for us. No matter what our sin, God is there. He never abandons us. No matter what we are, holy and the path to holiness is always there for us to grab hold to and follow for the Holy Spirit ever dwells within us. Take care and God bless you.